courtesy of Jay Swavey. From fans for the fans. The best place for league updates. The hottest takes on the internet. Welcome to Cal's Call. All right, hello and welcome to Cal's Call. I'm Joseph Callamore. I'm Mickey Flynn. And this is our first of many podcasts we'll be doing. Um, so Cal's Call is a new sports report that covers a wide variety of sports, including basketball, football, and baseball. Um, so today, our first podcast, the first topic we're going to be talking about is the Los Angeles Lakers. Mickey, what do you think about them? Uh, I think the media is hyping them up way too much. You think you're being too hyped? Way too hyped. Okay, I can see that. I mean, I really do think um, it's a weird a range of players. You have LeBron James, who's obviously the best player in the world. But then besides him, you can just have a hodgepodge of talent. Um, Rondo, Lonzo, they're kind of the same player right now. Lonzo can be a lot better in the future and a lot better of an overall talent. Um, but right now, I don't know if there's that big of a difference. Um, the big men on that team aren't really that great. They have Jabil McGee as their starting center. I don't know how I like that. I'm not definitely not as good as Brooke Lopez, who they had last season. But, you know, we'll see how Brooke it goes. Brooke Lopez didn't get boards, though. Yeah, Brooke Lopez was not a good rebounder. Um, Javel McGee is definitely going to be a, bit, a better defender in the paint and a better rebounder for them. Better physical presence. But he's probably a better rim runner as well. Um, Brooke Lopez was a better floor spacer, which I think would have worked out better with LeBron. But we'll see how it goes. Um, like, other than LeBron, yeah. All the media is saying... Top two seed? No way. We're like a seven seed. Yeah, I don't. I don't see the Lakers as a top two seed. If anything, I'd see them max like a, a four seed. Yeah. Max. If they if they if they got everything together, maybe a three seed. If Lonzo can fix his broken jump shot. If if Lonzo Ball elevated his game to the point where he had a sophomore breakout season, and then Brandon Ingram actually lives up to the potential that he does have, I think that this team could be a top three team in the West, but I do not think it's beating Golden State. And even if we're to somehow beat an injury-riddled Golden State, I don't think it's beating the Boston Celtics out East. So, I don't know. Um, Even the Raptors. I don't even think it could beat the Raptors, but we'll see how it goes. I I think there's a lot of talent on that team. I just don't think the egos on that team are going to mesh well, even with LeBron James leading the rocker room. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. You're a Lakers fan, so you're pretty mm-hmm. optimistic about it. But I don't know about them. No. Not yeah, good. I don't know. Maybe maybe in the regular season they're a very fun team to watch, but I don't think they're really doing much in the playoffs. Um, yeah, there's really not much to it. They have some good rookies. I like Wagner for, out of uh, Michigan. He's he's a good player. Um, Josh Hart, obviously he's not a rookie. He's a sophomore, but he's a very good player he's as well. He's going to be good. He's going to be good this season. I think he's going to do better this season than Kuzma's going to be do better than do this season. I think Kuzma's going to kind of actually hit that sophomore slump. Um, I don't see Kuzma doing too well this year, um, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Alrighty, um, on to the next topic. So Sam Darnold, um, what do you think about that, Mickey? Well, I was a UCLA fan, so I don't really care for Sam Darnold. But I mean, they finally signed him. Now there's only one un, or one player who hasn't signed his rookie deal, Roken Smith of the Bears. So mm-hmm. we'll see. They also said he's not looking very good in camp, is what I heard. So yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see. I think uh, Darnold's again, just like kind of like the Lakers are, because he's out of Southern California. He's very hyped up. Um, he did he did okay at USC. He did well. He did more than okay at USC, but. That was college. Um, college game is a lot different than the pro game. We've seen a lot of very successful college quarterbacks um, just absolutely bust on the pro level. I thought and Rosen was better. You thought Rosen was better coming out? I think Rosen is a lot more polished. I think he's ready to play right now. I think from everything I've heard, Sam Darnold's leadership skills are a little bit better. Um, his just overall feel for the like, game as like a nitty-gritty player is better. But I just think Rosen overall, if you're looking at his production um, potential, Ability to read an offense, read a defense, run an offense. I think he's going to be the better quarterback in the professional league, but we'll see how it goes. I think that Darnold's a little bit too 
turnover prone. We've seen players who are more turnover prone just bust in on in the NFL. Um, the only ones who I can really think of that do succeed and are still pretty turnover prone are the athletic ones who can run the ball, use their legs to escape pressure. Cam. Cam, exact. Cam Newton comes to mind as someone who can still be at times turnover prone, yet he avoids that by being able to run the ball and being able to have another dynamic part to his game other than the passing game. So we'll see. We'll see. Alrighty. Um, now I know we've written an I've written an article on the site already about Carmelo Anthony and potential destinations. Well, it seems like that destination's already come. Um, so Carmelo Anthony has been reported on agreeing to a deal with the Houston Rockets now that his Atlanta Hawks buyout is official as of today. Um, what do you think about that fit, Mickey? I don't think Carmelo is going to be good there at all. I don't even think Carmelo is good in general. Yeah, I think his game's really fallen off a cliff since 2014 with the Knicks. I don't think he's ever really gone back to that standard that he had. Um, I don't think... That de- the defense is what really made that team special last year. They were able to lock down opponents. The fact that the starting a starting five that included Chris Paul, James Harden, and Click Capella went like thirty-seven and three shows a lot to where that they were able to carry that team offensively with two defensive-minded guys in terms of Trevor Ariza and Luke Mbamute. Between those five, they were able to go and have that great of a record. It shows that they can win and carry an offense with defenders, but. With Carmelo Anthony, especially him as a starter, I don't see a starting five of Chris Paul, James Harden, Carmelo Anthony, or maybe just another guy, and then Carmelo and Clint Capella. I don't think you can put in any other guy and make up for the fact that that defense is going to be horrendous. I don't think James Harden and Carmelo Anthony are a good fit. I think Carmelo still wants the ball too much, even though he might say he wants to defer a little bit to be on a winning team. I don't think he actually means that, um, but... I also think he's a downgrade from Trevor Ariza. I do. I do think. I think the defense from going going from Luke and Balamute and Trevor Ariza to now Carmelo Anthony, James Ennis, and a re-signed Gerald Green. I don't think that's good for the team. I don't even know who James Ennis is. Yeah, James Ennis is. I think he played for Detroit last season. I like him as a player. He's a good three and D wing. But the defense compared to masters of defense like Trevor Ariza and Luke and Balamute is just is not there. And I don't think the Rockets are even really a conference finals appearance this year. I think we're going to see a surprise team, an up-and-coming team, maybe the Nuggets, maybe um, – I don't really don't know. There's not many teams T-Wolves, that could really surprise. The T-Wolves maybe if they got their act together, but I don't really think there's many um, surprise teams that could come into the Western Conference Finals. I think right now you're looking at the Warriors – and even though I don't want to say it, I think somehow the Lakers could get to the Western Conference Finals somehow. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I really don't think the Rockets are contenders anymore now that they have Carmelo Anthony. I think even without, I think they honestly would have done better without him on the team than with him. I think adding him to that team really does make them lose that defensive specialty that they had last year. His ego is so far. Yeah. Right. But that and it's, yeah, it, it's insane. He doesn't want to come off the bench, which I think would be more beneficial for that team. We see a lot of big stars once they age and once they start to decline actually Go be accepting bench. of a bench role. Manu. Yeah, Manu Ginobili. He's, he's been accepting of a bench role since he was in his prime just because he knew it was going to help the team win. You look at Dwayne Wade now. Dwayne Wade went, went back to the Heat last season. And even before he went back to Miami in Cleveland, he started the season off as the starter. Kind of rubbed all the players the wrong way just because he knew LeBron, he was a starter. Tyron Lue moves him to the bench as a move to start winning. Now, obviously, it didn't really help. They were still struggling. They cut him. Well, they, they let him go to Miami. That was a classy move by the Cavaliers. But either way, 
he accepted that bench role in Miami and actually took them to the playoffs. They went to game five in Philadelphia. Obviously, they weren't going to beat the Sixers, but they did win a game, which I wasn't expecting them to do. So, I mean, you see older stars take bench roles, and it is beneficial. But the fact that Carmelo isn't, it kind of just shows that his mindset is not on winning. He got paid almost $30 million by the Hawks to not play for the team this year. So that shows that he's been getting paid for this long for not, not even ever contributing to a winning team. I really thought that Oklahoma City team was going to be better than it did. Losing in the first round, even without Andre Robertson, who was a defensive cornerstone, losing in the first round to a rookie-led Jazz team in Donovan Mitchell should not have happened. You have three All-Stars in Carmelo, Paul George, and Russell. Now, obviously, Carmelo is not an All-Star anymore, nor should he ever be an All-Star again. <laughs> But he is considered one because of his past and his prime. So with that, I mean, I really do think that the Rockets got worse. I, w- I think they would have really been better off without any additions to this team than adding a Carmelo Anthony. It's just going to ruin the chemistry. Even if Chris Paul, James Harden, and Carmelo love each other, I don't think the other players are going to love Carmelo stepping in and just assuming a starting role. Uh, I don't think they're going to love the touches that he's taking away from them because this is a ball movement team, a very ball movement dominant team. And that's something that Carmelo Anthony has been known to not fit in well, is a very free-flowing offense. D'Antoni was the coach in New York when Carmelo Anthony got there. He ousted him. We all know how that went. I don't think it's going to get better the second time around. But if it does, then Daryl Morey is going to look like a genius. If it doesn't, Morey's kind of already assumed as one of the greatest of all times in terms of front office members. So maybe he doesn't get judged too hardcore. But I think personally that it was a bad move by Maury to bring in Carmelo I get that your two star players love the guy they're really good friends with him because of USA basketball and just Chris Paul's known him forever so I get that I just don't think it's a good basketball decision for the team but uh just like everything you have to kind of see how the season goes before you can ever really make a call a big call on it so yeah what do you think of the Kawhi Leonard trade Kawhi Leonard trade so uh with that I think the Raptors made one of the best deals in NBA history, really. They, I, I personally think so. Now I know a lot of people think that Kawhi is going to leave next year in free agency for Los he Angeles. Said he and, doesn't and leave. he will. He might. Play. He might very well leave next year. And a one-year rental of a top-five player when healthy. And I get the when healthy thing is a big thing for Leonard. But a, t- a trade for a top-five player, even just for a one-year rental, is worth DeMar DeRozan. Why? Because DeMar DeRozan has consistently shown that he can lead the team to a great high seed. But in the playoffs, when it actually matters, he cannot come through. And he's even gotten better at that. He went from being absolutely garbage in the playoffs to semi-adequate. But if you're a superstar, you can't be adequate in the playoffs. You have to be a superstar in the playoffs, and that's something that DeMar DeRozan has never been. And so I would gladly trade that for a season of a top five player in a heartbeat. The fact that he, the Messiah jury got Kawhi Leonard and not only Kawhi Leonard, but Danny Green, who's a very underrated three and D player, even though he has declined somewhat since that Spurs championship run, two great players for DeMar DeRozan, who is on a very, not bloated because he is semi worth it in the regular season. But very big contract, and it was still, I think there's still three more years on that thing. So it was a very long, big contract. And he only had to give up Yaka Pirtle. Now, he's a great young big. I'd love him on my team. Any team would gladly have him. And he's a great prospect. But is he a better prospect than OG and a bogey? I don't think so. I think I'd rather have OG. I'm surprised that the Spurs didn't get OG, especially because they're already trading away a small forward. I would assume they'd want to get a small forward back, at least to start 
working on and developing, but they didn't. They got a center. Now, obviously, it's it's a good thing. I think the Spurs could use a young big man. Pau Gasol's aging, not declining. He's declining very heavily, not aging particularly well. Um, Dwayne Dedman, who was their center two seasons ago, has already been gone to the Hawks. They miss him. They were missing that backup big, that athletic finisher. I think they're getting that now in Jakob Pirtle. I think that's a good pickup. But I think they could have gotten more. I don't think the first-round pick that they're going to get from the Raptors is going to be any good. I mean, I know the it's Spurs... A late 20. It is a late 20. I, I know the Spurs are good at evaluating talent, but I just don't think there's anything in the upcoming draft in the late 20s that's worth trading away Kawhi Leonard. At, at some point, I do believe that they could have gotten a better prospect. Um, I get that they wanted to still compete right now. But I, if I'm the Spurs... Knowing Greg Popovich, Greg, Greg Popovich coached that team to the playoffs last year without Kawhi Leonard even playing. A, with the, he's never he didn't even play other than nine or eight, seven, seven, seven games. He they still made it to the playoffs. So obviously they can do it without another All Star. I think now with DeRozan they can be like a top five seed. I don't see them making it to the conference finals. If they do, it's just because of Popovich and his his I don't know what he does, but his coaching just can just is amazing. And I think with that. They, he could have taken, uh, I know he was kind of off the table, but if they could have somehow gotten a desperate Philadelphia to give them Markel Foles, or if they could have gotten uh, somehow, again, a Jalen Brown or just a younger prospect from another team, I think that prospect could give enough production to the team just to, they would be to the same level of DeRozan. I know DeRozan's going to do very well with Popovich, but I think they could have gotten a young player and he could have done just as well because that's how good of a coach Popovich is and that's much has that's as how much confidence I have in Popovich and coaching his players. Um, but what do you think about the trade? Well, personally, I think that the Raptors did Tamar DeRozan wrong. I'm a big DeRozan fan, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, Raptors are a pretty good team with him. Mm-hmm. Granted, he couldn't get it done in the playoffs, and I understand that, but I feel, feel like they should have given him one more shot at least, just one more shot. Because I, I think this is a rental. I think Kawhi's gone. I I think that's – I, I, I do agree with that. I think – Like, the, I, I don't know – who the Spurs small forward is now? But Jonathan Simmons is gone. Jonathan Simmons is gone. They don't. Well, Kyle Anderson just left too. Yeah, Memphis. so not a lot of small forwards there. But you know they'll always find somebody. Jonathan Simmons, he was a great player. He's already he's in Orlando now, but he was just a D leaguer. They had him in their system for a while. Called him up. He did very well. I think Popovich can do the same thing with anybody. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I think it was worth it for the Raptors. I think there is a, I think there is a better chance that people think. That he stays with the with Toronto, I think the new coach for the Raptors, Nick Nurse, is that same type type of introvert personality, analytic personality that Kawhi Leonard is actually going to like playing for. I think that is a very underrated part of it. I think if Kawhi Leonard really does click with Nick Nurse, that could be a reason why he stays in Toronto. I think Toronto is a great city. I think they have a great basketball atmosphere. Ever since Vince, Vince Sanity and that whole existence, existence of the Raptors, Toronto has been nothing but supportive of that franchise. Even when it was trash in the Andrea Bargiani years, the Chris Bosh years. Chris Bosh was an amazing player, but those teams were never that great. They've always been very supportive, and I think Kawhi Leonard could appreciate that. Um, so I think it's worth it. I mean, they got rid of DeRozan's contract. They had to give away a, a pick. Again, it's a, it's a late 20 pick. I don't see the Raptors ever doing anything with, anything with those, pick, those picks anyway. The last time they had a pick in the 20s like that, the last player I remember them picking is Bruno Caboclo, who was supposed to be the next Kevin Durant. And then he's now just nothing. He's, I, I think he's with the King. I don't know if he'll make their roster. He's that bad. But he's not what they thought he was going to be. And that was Messiah Jerry's first pick. 
Uh, I believe it was his first pick as the Raptors GM. So I don't see them really doing anything. So they traded away a pick that wasn't going to be much. They traded Jakob Pertle, which, again, is a great young big. They already have Jonas Valanciunas, who's already a foundation piece at the center position for a while now. He's locked up. So all those guys are good pieces. They traded away things that were just non-necessities. Mm-hmm. They traded away pieces that were just extras. For Kawhi Leonard, that's worth it, even if it's just for one season. But I really do think there's a good chance of him staying in Toronto. And I think the Spurs kind of did get less in the trade. I know they got another all-star back, but they could have gotten a better better package for the future, better package for now. And I think they kind of didn't whiff it, but they just did not. I would rate that trade for the Spurs as more of like a B to B-. minus. I think they... They didn't, it's kind of weird. They waited too long, and yet they didn't wait long enough. They could have gotten better value earlier, or they could have gotten better value later when people were getting desperate when the season's starting. If Philadelphia ends up having a rough start to the season, they could have gotten desperate and traded them Markel Fultz. I really do think that's a that was a waiting game that the Spurs played wrong. Um, but again, we have to see how the season plays out. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe DeMar DeRozan steps in. Maybe he moves a small forward. They put somebody else as shooting guard. We'll see how it goes with Greg Popovich and that Spurs team. But for the most part, I think Toronto won that trade by far. Even a season of Kawhi is worth what they traded away. And another aspect of that trade is that Kawhi and Danny Green, both their contracts expire after this year. If they want to, they could just rid themselves of both. They can wash their hands. Kawhi Leonard's gone. Danny Green's gone. The money's off the books. Maybe trade away Kyle Lowry and just reset that team. Masai's wanted to do that since he stepped in that front office. He didn't have the chance because it just turned out that they kept winning and winning and winning and winning. Now, as soon as the playoffs started, it stopped. But they had great regular seasons, and because of that, they couldn't. Like there really was, Masai was not in a good position to let go without the let go of those players and the staff without the fans rioting. So now that the fans have realized this team is not doing anything, I think it's more acceptable to start a rebuild, and I think that's what they're going to do if Kawhi Leonard leaves. But overall, very good trade for Toronto. I think the Spurs could have done better. That's what it is. What it is. All right. But I think this topic is uh, your well, most well-known topic <laughs> by far of what we've been talking about, the Jason Barrett injury. Yes. Okay. So I'm a big Charger fan. Ever since I was little, I remember watching the Damian Tomlinson in those years when we were really good. And uh, when we drafted Jason Barrett in 2014, I was extremely ecstatic because that's who I wanted. And he never really panned out to me what he was just because of injuries. He's kind of like the Greg Odin of football, except he wasn't drafted first overall. He's had all these injury problems, but when he plays, he is a very good player. Uh, he made a Pro Bowl, I think, two years ago, and everyone was excited when he was going to come back, play with the All-Pro cornerback, second team, actually, uh, Casey Hayward, who everyone was looking forward to because it was going to be great. It's actually rated the best cornerback duo in the league, so everyone was looking forward to it, but then he ends up going down with the t- torn Achilles, and it looks like the man's just made a glass, and that might just be his last days. But, yeah, um... Very unfortunate injury. I know there's a lot of potential there, but uh, it kind of just sucks. I mean, if you're the Chargers, you have a great team going in.
that team is probably one of the best ones in football. And it just kind of derails their season because now they were expecting to have one of the best cornerback duos in the league. Like you said, they are rated as one of the best. And with a passing game that's as strong as it is with Keenan Allen returning, Phillip Rivers as a quarterback, they have a great running back in uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. So that team's very strong. It's, it could be a contender. Losing Verrett isn't necessarily going to drop them from contender status, but it's definitely going to hurt them when the playoffs are all around. They need the, that depth. They need that star power to carry them, and he's not there to help. Well, luckily, they do have great depth at the corner position. Trevor Williams really busted out last year, had a really great season. Uh, the rookie, Desmond King, who was the fourth round, uh, many people had him going the first round before the season. I don't really know what happened in college football, um, but he dropped to the fourth or fifth is what it was. And ended up performing really well. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the Chargers always are derailed with injuries. Hunter Henry just went down as well yeah. like a month ago. Great player. Uh, tear, tear, yeah, towards ACL. Mm-hmm. So now they have to probably go out and bring back Antonio Gates, who they're apparently in contact or uh, contract discussion with him. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, I think that was another. The Chargers this year just had some horrible, horrible luck. I think those two players were some of their best, two of their best young players returning that they were really looking forward to some strong seasons from. Especially Henry. I'm a very big fan of Hunter Henry. Um, for him to go down, he could have been... I think this season was the season for him to prove that he is one of the top 10 tight ends in the entire league. And him going out definitely hurt that team and hurt his status. Because now he kind of has to wait a whole another year to rehab and get back into the game and show that he is a dominant tight end. And it's just going to take a while for that to happen now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Got to wait another year. Mm-hmm. And... uh one of the last topics we're going to talk about today is going to be Des Bryant. So this guy's very controversial. And uh, basically, to talk about him in itself would take another 20-plus minutes because um, there's just so much to talk about. The guy's I, – I love his attitude going into it. I love his passion. I don't know if it's placed directly. I think the way he puts it out there is just in the wrong way. <laughs> um, but we're not talking about that. Today we're going to be talking about potential landing spots. So – it's been reported that he has talked to the Cleveland Browns in their front office about a one-year contract with them. Uh, I do think that'd be an okay move. The no. Browns are already, ah, well, they, I think it's going to be... No, I, I think maybe for the Browns, yes, but for Des Bryant, yeah. so absolutely not. Yeah. You got Baker Mayfield out there. You don't know what he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be very good. You got mm-hmm. you went from Dak, or Tony Romo to Dak Prescott, and your production eh, kind of fell off a little bit. Then you're mm-hmm. going to go from Dak Prescott to a rookie quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Well, at, well Tyrod Taylor is the expected yeah, starter, but still, Taylor. still. But still, I mean, if you think about it, like when I saw the Bills play last year, Tyrod would normally throw... Or t- Taylor, sorry, would normally throw like slant routes or dump it off to tight end and uh, running back. But you know, we'll see. I think it's just going to affect him if he goes to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. It, I've seen a couple tweets about it in practice that Taylor's arm is looking particularly strong, especially in the deep passing game. But again, they already have Josh Gordon, who is, by all accounts, not looking towards the suspension. He's been behaving. He's on his <laughs> best behavior. He is. He is ready to get back into shape. I mean, he's already back in shape, but ready to get back into form in terms of dominating the NFL. I think that's going to be a great storyline going into the season. They, they got, got Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. That, too, that duo of wide receivers right there in itself, you don't need to add Des Bryant to that. They already have Corey Coleman, past first-round pick. He hasn't panned out exactly what they'd like to be, which is a number one or number two receiver, but I think he could be a fine number three going into this season. Um, so I think they're already set at the wide receiver position. I don't think they need Des Bryant. I think it'd just be a luxury to have him. But I don't think that luxury is worth the headache that he would cause if he was in Cleveland. Um, I, he kind of—it's not worth. Yes, would it be nice to have a former pro pro bowler on the team? Yes, but is it worth it if he does derail that locker room's chemistry? No, it's not. Especially to such a young team right now, mm-hmm. they have a lot of young pieces. They can't be having a 
kind of just a diva in Des Bryant in that locker room affecting how they see the work that they're putting in and seeing how they should be treated. Des Bryant and his law and his antics, they would not be okay in the Cleveland front office. Now, let's try to think of some teams where he would be a good fit. I think the Packers he'd be a great fit in the Packers. The Packers? I could see that. I don't I they think lost Nelson, Jordy they did Nelson. Lose Jordy Nelson. The they picked up uh Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. Like they have a whole receiver. Not really. They have Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, but I think adding him into the mix would give you that real number one threat, mm-hmm. and you can just throw it up to him and let him go get it. Mm-hmm. That's what he does best. I think, I think I think that'd be a good fit as well. I think that he'd fit right well into, in, in terms of talent. He'd fit well in Green Bay. I don't know if Green Bay's culture mm-hmm. would be that accepting of Des Bryant. I think that's why he has not gone there yet. I think that would have been one of the first signings of free agency if Green Bay was receptive to him coming to, to uh, the Packers. But I just don't think that's a high-end goal for them. So I don't believe they're going to bring him in. If they do, it would be later in the season if an injury happens. And I think that is when Des Bryant is going to end up signing with the team is when an injury occurs and they're looking for a stopgap solution. Kind of like how Jay Cutler retired last year and then obviously Tannehill got hurt. They needed somebody to be there, somebody who had experience to be there. They pick, The Dolphins pick up Jay Cutler. I think it's the same exact situation with Des Bryant. Some team's going to lose their wide receiver. It happens every year. Every single year we see a wide receiver go down, whether it's Nelson, whether it's uh, Keenan Allen. Some wide receiver's always going down at the beginning of training camp. That's going to happen this year. Somebody's going to be desperate, and somebody's going to bring in Des Bryant. I think a team that could be looking at him, again, this team is just known for bringing in those talented individuals who don't fit well into teams well. Like They don't really... Maybe they they tend to they just kind of ruin other locker rooms, but in that locker room they seem to do okay, and that's the the Patriots. Yep. The Patriots can bring in any talent; doesn't matter what their attitude is, doesn't matter how bad their mental state is. They can take it; they can take in a player and just have them perform up to their talent. It's something in that staff, something in that culture. That's what they do. They don't allow stuff to affect them. It's kind of funny. They don't allow they don't allow stuff to affect them when it comes to their lesser stars, but their biggest stars: Belichick, Brady, Kraft. They're the ones who always bring in the most drama. But if other than those three, you don't see any drama being happening throughout the Patriots roster. So I think that could be a potential landing spot just because just because of their reputation for bringing in talent and developing it and utilizing it to its fullest potential. I just don't think they're in a need in a need position. They did lose Edelman for the first four games of the season. Mm-hmm. That's going to hurt. But I don't think they need Des Bryant. Nor do I think they are in a position right now. I think the Patriots are in their, are in their weakest position they've been in a long time. Not in terms of talent, but in terms of the, the team state. Brady's getting up there. Yes, he wants to play for years and years and years and years. But that is not physically possible, and he's just going to be hurting himself if he does. Belichick, he seems to have some tension between Kraft. I don't think he's going to be there in more than five years. I think five years would be the max. I don't even think I he's think gonna when, make it to five years. When Brady's gone, he's he's done. Exactly. And I, I even then I don't I don't see either of them being there in the next five years. And if that is the case, then there's just that's this is the weakest it's been. They they, they don't know the future. The the future is not certain in New England for the first time in a long time. So with that, I don't think you want to bring in somebody like Des Bryant who could potentially bring in more problems to the already chaotic well reported chaotic i've heard it's just mainly the media who hypes up the chaos but you never know what's happening in that locker room so i don't think they'd risk bringing in des bryant but there are a couple of other teams i'm trying to think off the top of my head some teams ravens. I could, the ravens could do well with them they already got a crabtree crabtree from uh the raiders who basically traded in crabtree for an older jordan nelson but that's a different conversation unto itself 
But they already have Crabtree. Crabtree's a great option. I think he's a better number two, like he has been for Amari Cooper Mm -hmm. in um, Oakland. So I think Des Bryant would be a good fit in Baltimore. It's kind of surprising because I don't think Baltimore is willing to put up with Bryant at this point because, like, just to keep it out of how it is, they offered Bryant a two-year deal going into free agency, and he turned it down. I don't think he was a, is, was in a position to turn that down, but again, that goes to show his mental state of what he thinks of himself, even though he is later on in his career. He still thinks he is that... It's like Carmelo. Superstar, exactly. That Carmelo Anthony superstar diva mentality to where I am better than this, so I'm turning it down. Where He should not have turned down that deal. It would have been a great deal, great fit, but he turned it down. Now they're kind of just running without him. Could they use him? Yeah. Could they potentially bring him in? I could definitely see it, especially if any anyone, literally any one of their receivers gets hurt going into training camp. I could definitely see them giving Des Bryant a call and that being an option. Um, but other than that, I don't really see many teams that would want to bring him in unless there's an injury to a to a, to a wide receiver of theirs. I mean, there's just not many teams. I'm trying to think of some right now, and I, I can't think of many. Maybe Buffalo. Maybe. Maybe. maybe um you try to think of teams that are in that mediocre state to where they want to add talent and they're willing to w- risk locker room issues just to add that talent. There's a there's quite a few, but I just don't see them fitting with Des Bryant because they either have a set receiver core already or he just doesn't. I feel like he feels he feels he's better or in a position to turn down teams when he's really not. But again, you have to see how it plays out. Especially in football, there's so many injuries, so many, so many, so many injuries to so many critical players on a team's roster that sometimes they do have to just take a risk and bring in somebody like Des Bryant. And I think that's what's going to happen later in this year when the season unfolds. But again, time will tell. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for listening in. I know it's been a great time. Um, we'll definitely have more of these in the future. Um, this is, again, the first of many to come. So we're going to sign off for now. Again, I'm Joseph Callimore. I'm Mickey Flynn. And uh, thanks for thanks for listening to Cal's Call.